Hello everyone, how's it going? I'm Yusra Emamizadeh and you're listening to another episode of Tavan Studio in Conversation where we talk about art, design and living creatively with female artists. Today tuning in from Abu Dhabi, we have Afra Al-Zahiri uh, who's a visual artist and um, she graduated with an MFA from the Rhode Island School of Design um, and is a artist here in the UAE and she works also as an assistant professor in visual arts at Zayed University in Abu Dhabi. Welcome Afra, so nice to have you. Thank you, thanks for How's it going? Me. It's good. Good, yeah, I'm glad that we are um, finally able to do this. It's been a work in, work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think like, when did we first talk about this? And I'm like, oh yeah, pre-quarantine. And then I'm like, no, actually not. It's probably like yeah. September or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a while ago. It was a while ago when uh, you came to Tashkil yeah. for a panel like, discussion. It was like time started to blur after Corona. <laughs> Yeah. Well, let me tell you, with Corona and people being at home, I've had more access to artists. That's amazing. <laughs> one of the perks, yeah. one of the perks, I was able to invite a lot of um, fun people, artists and historians into my classes, which was amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're like, so wh where else are you going to be? Where else will you be? You're at home, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have no excuse. Well, thank you so much. Um, I'm really excited for this episode and finally getting to chat with you and learn more about your work. Um, so yeah, um, do you want to start off by just giving us a little bit of a background about yourself and your art journey, your art process? Because um, when I was reading about you and we had this kind of discussion beforehand, um, you, you, you talk about your art kind of as like a multifaceted um, process and you kind of dip your hands in various materials and mediums so for you to describe your art practice how would you go about it wow starting with yeah. a tough question yeah let's get right <laughs> into it um well i i graduated from zayed university in 2010 and then did a lot of different things I knew like I wanted to develop my career as an artist and I did the Sheikha Salama Foundation um, the Emerging Artist Fellowship mm -hmm. um, I did an internship at the Guggenheim New York and following that I did also the Venice Biennale internship I kind of like ticked a lot of boxes there but oh, yeah <laughs> and then you I didn't include that all in your in your bio <laughs> I'm like damn girl that's that's a lot of stuff already <laughs> Yeah, I gotta be selective there, right? Um, anyways, uh, I guess what, what, well, when I moved to the United States and did my MFA at RISD, I, I went into the painting program, and initially I actually wanted to go into the sculpture program, which um, I ended up like working with a lot of like sculptural materials um, and painting at the same time. And so I think that like being at RISD really allowed me to uh, elaborate on my visual language and access a lot of like technical uh, skills that I like that really helped me speak um, through my work. 
Um, mm. I did a lot of, I, I learned a lot of new things that I've never touched on. I mean, I learned how to cast glass. Um, I was uh, hand building ceramics. Um, and, and, and so a lot of um, people don't know how to refer to me. Like, are you a painter? Are you a sculptor? Mm. You know, and I think that, I, I like that. I like that there's sort of like a gray area between um, sculpture and painting uh, when you kind of like look at my work. I had a lot mm -hmm. of um, comments during my critiques, which I think are interesting. Um, whenever I presented a sculpture, my, my professors would be like, that's very painterly. And then whenever yeah. I presented uh, paintings, they'd be like, they're very sculptural. <laughs> and so I think, I mean... There's I don't always know. like a cross, cross yeah, there's, between there's your different Absolutely, interests. absolutely. And I think that um, I keep exploring. I think the motive initially or primarily is mm. uh, materials exploration. I constantly like try to challenge my materials, try to understand what it means for two materials to exist um, on the same surface. Like mm. these, there's always a binary in a sense. Yeah. Yeah, I really admire that because I feel like it, it takes a certain amount of, I don't know, I feel like it takes courage to be able to um, explore with different materials and make, the, I think just even approaching various materials could be very scary sometimes, especially if you studied art and you're like, this is my discipline. Like mm -hmm. I studied, I, I was in the painting program. Then it's like, you know, what is it? How I'm, How do I fit into right you know, doing other, other styles of work. Um, so, so this is not, this is not a topic that's, I mean, like calling yourself a certain type of artist, obviously doesn't seem like it's that important to you. Yeah. I mean, I see my work as this visual language. Why does it mm. matter if I'm a painter or a sculptor? I mean, yeah, mm. you get a degree to specialize in something, but then like a degree, like, the one I got at RISD allowed me to actually learn uh, more from other disciplines and like mm. appreciate um, having like a bag uh, with tools, you know, and yeah. getting into my studio and being able to like employ these tools differently. I think that that's, um, yeah. The inspiration behind the work that you create, um, is that something that evolved or changed when you went to RISD? I mean, I think that um, primarily the, the 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 this interest or this curiosity that I had towards um, manipulating material or or mm -hmm. exploring and experimenting with material was kind of like always there, and I realized mm -hmm. that even more when I moved to RISD. However, um, when I was at RISD, I was actually able to almost look at my work in perspective. I was learning a lot. It was a very intensive program. Um, so there's like many moments as you're running through like one um, one part to the uh, to the other or like one critique mm -hmm. to the other like you know you have to present work every week and it's yeah. a lot of making it's very very um, intense in terms of like production and how much you make and 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 how you um, you know criticize your work and so on mm -hmm. but I think that what I was able to touch upon or like understand myself I, I feel like yeah understand myself I think that 
I think that was interesting um, that I was able to look at my society, my community, mm-hmm. the, the place that I grew up in from a perspective. Mm-hmm. It was almost like a bubble and I was outside mm-hmm. that bubble. So I had a full view of like um, and, and, and a time to introspect almost. And so that's when like I realized um, or the emergence mm-hmm. of like, um, hmm, how do I say this? Very tough. I mean, I started looking more into like social activities that we do mm-hmm. and reference them sometimes in my work. Mm-hmm. Um, I started looking at the time aspect um, in relationship to the States. So I felt like mm-hmm. time was slower in the States than back home. Every time really? I go back, yeah, I think that, oh, I mean, that was one of the things that I really like uh, investigated when I was in the States. And I like, I, I felt like I found something because every time I would go home, it feels like people had changed so much in such ah, little okay. time. Mm-hmm. Uh, although like, in the states, everything was in a, in a in a you know at a at a different pace, mm-hmm. um, and I started realizing and understanding the landscape. And to me, uh, because like I would go back for let's say two weeks and then be away for six months. Um, yeah, my sort of like timeline was the landscape. So when I come back and see new buildings next to my home or like the road that I usually drive through going to work is like completely mm. um, different to me or completely like sh- had completely shifted from what I had remembered. Yeah. Uh, that became sort of a, uh, a reference or a timeline to change. And mm. so that became an important topic or I would say subject in my work that I started examining is this idea of rapid change and our notion of time within that kind of change. And so like how do we, um, how old is too old and like how slow is too slow? Yeah. Um, what's new and what's old? Um, how do we identify that? And I was kind of like, through my conversations with some of my colleagues at RISD, I, w- I think I was talking about some building back home um, as like this old building and now it's like demolished. And I was mm. like thinking about it and talking about it. And they were like, how old is it? And I'm like, probably like 20 <laughs> years, 25 years later. And they looked yeah. at me surprised saying like, that's not old. What are you talking about? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I mean, and then, yeah. but that brought my attention that like, you know, we're an, we're a young um, country in terms of like how we, like how the architecture developed since the, the development of like the landscape and the architecture and so on. Yes. And so um, it's old in relationship to our age. <laughs> I think a lot of artists feel this way, but when they move away from their home, they start mm-hmm. uh, thinking more about their identity. They think more mm-hmm. about their inherent ideas, their inherent values. And these are a lot of things that sort of came to me and, and had me thinking, you know. Yeah. So basically by being separated or yeah removed from your place of growing up you were able to explore it more in depth absolutely 
Amazing. Um, so could you talk more about the various mediums that you use uh, in creating your work and how has that kind of, like I know you say you like to look at things from different perspectives perspectives and explore and like this whole idea of like being curious and exploring what using different materials but does that sometimes does that make it difficult for you to like start your work having too many options or is it very liberating um i would say both it depends on I don't know, like sometimes I have these aha moments where I'm like, mm -hmm. oh my God, I want to do this and this and this. And I'm like running like a headless chicken in my studio and mm. <laughs> like multitasking and like working yeah. simultaneously on different things. Mm. Um, but sometimes I'd like slow down and just like try to figure out one thing. In terms of materials, I think that Um, the material that I've constantly come back to is like cement, cement on paper, cement mm. on fabric. And uh, it started with plaster before going to the States and then like evolved into like cement. And that was also me remembering and like sort of like being nostalgic about construction and construction materials, which is yeah. another story <laughs> um, <laughs> that I was like sort of um, brought aware to because I was away from home. Um, yeah. But I think that in terms of materials, the most challenging thing to me when starting a project is is um, the visual image, mm -hmm. I would say. And so a lot of times I question, like, why does it have to be this building or why am I making... Um, for example, uh, these experiments on this particular space and what like why why is a why is a big like question always in my studio like why does this deserve to be like um on on a surface or like why does this image deserve to be you know given attention mm -hmm. so it becomes something that challenges me and sometimes like actually um stops me for a while and I keep like think like this is the moment where I kind of like retract from the work and like go inside my head and I'm like why yeah. why why am I doing this why does this deserve mm -hmm. to be here why does this mm -hmm. deserve to be like acknowledged or whatnot and I think uh moving into like my hair drawings um mm -hmm. I think that those were very liberating for me because yeah. it just felt like I do not have to worry about um the image or what does it mean because the hair is making these forms and yeah. I am like sort of the facilitator so I just have to paint them you know yeah and it became very it was flowing so this was a, this was a of series me. of work that yeah you, and it's you still did. going I mean and they're flowing going. out of me because um I don't have to think of why this form mm. you know uh the 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 uh, authority is given to the hair to decide like what shape and form it wants to yeah. take <laughs> yeah but yeah I think that's that's pretty much the challenge but sometimes um it becomes more about the material so mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter what shape or form it's taking it's more about mm -hmm. like for example the series that I did with cement on fabric it was yeah. about challenging the cement and you know, how it actually mounts itself uh, onto the fabric, but then also 
questioning the relationship um, of materials, like the cement and fabric, fabric is like, in a way, mesh is used to uh, enforce um, cement or concrete. It's an enforcement mm-hmm. material. And so um, this sort of like brought me to question um, cement and or concrete when we think about it, what do we... Uh, how do we identify it as a material? And I was asking around, like, just questioning, like, what do you think when I say cement or concrete? When I, what do you envision? And a lot of people are like, building, heavy. block, you or know, like heavy. heavy. Yeah, yeah, exactly, weight. And mm-hmm. it just um, made me think. And, and And because I was, like, so invested in that sort of, like, exploration, Mm-hmm. It made me realize that, like, actually, it's a very vulnerable material, almost just mm-hmm. as vulnerable as the fabric. And so um, they kind of, like, in this relationship or in this setup that I, that I have um, created for both mm-hmm. materials, they become dependent on one another. So each supports the other rather than, you know. Yeah each existing on their own something something like that something like that (laughs) (laughs) still exploring always exploring always exploring exploring. um so when you um when you come up with these ideas and you go through these explorations do the do the stories and the conclusions and the statements and all that come after everything is done or do you have this like preconceived idea before you go into a project um it also depends again like sometimes Mm. I just wake up and be like oh my god I need to do this now there's an urgency (laughs) you know it's like literally there's an urgency to produce something and as I'm like kind of like responding to this calling I'm actually like there's a lot of um words that are running through my head that explain Mm -hmm. what I'm actually doing and I I learned to like instantly take a paper and a pen and just take notes of whatever Mm. like just just you know put it on paper whatever it is makes sense or it doesn't make sense just put it on paper Mm -hmm. um and then I think like halfway through working or, or let's say every now and then I would stop and look back at my writing and reflect and add on it. And I think that's like kind of, they support each other. I think that, mm-hmm. I think the writing is very important and yeah, they support each other. I'm not, um, I, I usually just write very um, creatively how I, like I write the way I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then develop on that. And then just build on that. Yeah. Cool. Okay. okay, so after you came back um, from the States, well, being in the States, it helped you, I mean, literally, you're removed from your upbringing and it made you look back at where you grew up and kind of um, think about that. So once you came back to the UAE, how did your, did your concepts shift now being back in your comfortable place that you grew up in absolutely I mean there's also a piece of home in the U.S. because um, Mm. growing up until I was 14 I spent all my summers in the states because my dad was actually studying there Um, Mm -hmm. so there is like a bit of home for me there Um, but 
Absolutely. Like moving back, I think the understanding uh, or understanding the importance of artist community, like just Mm. took a whole other kind of like route in my thinking Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think it was clear to me that it was one of the main elements that actually um, contributed to the development of my work and myself as an artist when I was in the mm-hmm. States. And so as soon as I moved back, I was like trying to yeah. find this community, find you know a space that I could actually um, rent out and have other mm-hmm. artists join and so on. And I was very lucky. Um, yeah, I I met Hashal Lemki. Uh, mm-hmm. He was part of the SIF program and came to visit uh, RISD as part of the program. And I was there. I met him, and we had we had good conversations. And then I moved back. We met again, and he was telling me that he's actually trying to find a studio space and mm-hmm. like looking for someone who would share space with him. Now. Mm-hmm. He was also talking to Metha Abdullah, who also was interested in the same idea. And he brought me into the conversation. He's like, you should meet Metha and let's all sit down and talk about this. And we realized that we were all thinking of the same thing individually. Mm-hmm. And we're like, yeah, no, like, let's do this together, you know. And and yeah, that's, that's, that's what brought uh, Bait 15 to life. And I'm very grateful. Oh, that's awesome. So, so Bait 15 is, um, it's shared studio space. Yeah. It's an artist run space. So, mm-hmm. uh, we have three studios, which is one is mine, one is Hasha's and Metha. Mm-hmm. Um, we have an extra studio that we also invite artists to do residencies with us. So we offer them okay. a space and they could So you have a, a program. Some sort of a program. Um, mm-hmm. So far, it's been serving artists um, as needed, I would say. So yeah. most of the people who had done residencies with us so far had been like either coming through um, Abu Dhabi and they're like, oh, we're staying here for a while. We're looking for a studio space. And we're like, okay, why not? You know, come and yeah. use the space. And it's been mm-hmm. like, it's been like um, serving artists um in need i would say but i think that it's always a win-win situation for us because that's what we want we want to support um the artist community we want to support each other and i think emphasizing on the importance of artists working within a shared space uh, is another thing that we try to achieve and it's it's not something um it's not something new it's not some it's not a foreign Mm -hmm. idea yeah um in a lot of countries around the world but uh not even in the UAE you know has mm-hmm. you've had the flying house um mm-hmm. and a lot of yani artists um were gathering and and having these kind of like uh i would say crucial meetings for them yeah. to discuss you know the 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 time discuss you know issues discuss you know ways to move forward i mean I think it's it informs uh, our practice as artists, yeah. and it's like you have a and support this is like, group. Yeah, and you've and this is how you kind of built your community, the one that yeah. you needed. Yeah, yeah. Before we started recording, we were talking about 
um, the production of art, being productive, producing, committed, continuous, obsessive. <laughs> What are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to expand on that? Because, like, as we were talking, it looked like you had a lot to say, and then I was like, "Wait, wait, let's let's save it for for the episode." I think that, and I'm speaking from my experience within the pool of artists um, here, particularly in the UAE. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, artists have different ways of working, different practices, and I think that you know some artists' practice requires uh, a studio. Some artists like to have a studio or they mm-hmm. cannot work outside a studio. But there are artists who don't need studios and, and they think they feel like um, they can be productive anywhere, you know, because yeah. of uh, their medium um, does not require a space, for example, and, and mm-hmm. their work does not t- take that sort of form. I've, um, I've met artists who, um, you know, see themselves as commission-based artists. And so they have they they only take commissions and work from one to the other. And then, you know, um, their space or their studio is the site-specific location that yeah. they're given. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that it's always a challenge. Um, and, and this is something that I talk about in my work is being mm-hmm. challenged <laughs> which is a bit ironic to talk about right now because I've always <laughs> talked about my work, um, how to slow down. Yeah. I've talked about my work, how to, you know, work within a fast-paced, um, you know, city or environment. Um, yeah. And now, like, everything is slowing down. Now what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my wish came true. Bring it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think that... Um, I think what I'm trying to say is that commitment to a practice or sustainability within an artist's practice mm-hmm. is very important. I think, and I say this to my students a lot of time, is that mm-hmm. the only way that you will be able to learn more about your own practice or learn more about what interests you in it yeah. is doing it sustainably. Uh, right. is being committed, having a, a routine. It's a job. Um, yeah. It's not, I mean, it's a job, it's a lifestyle, it's, it's yeah. you know, it's like, can, can you mm-hmm. go on without breathing? Mm-hmm. I mean, no, this is, I mean, if, I speak for myself, but uh, I also know a lot of people around mm-hmm. me feel the same way. I wake up and, and I have to make, I cannot not make, and mm-hmm. whenever I don't, And this reminds me of uh, Argervan's uh, podcast mm-hmm. when she was saying, like, she, she gets anxious when she's not making. I actually feel the yeah. same way. I can't. I, I feel like it. if anything, my practice pins me down. It puts mm-hmm. perspective into my life. And mm-hmm. it's probably there are a lot of meditative uh, elements in my practice. And so I think it's a, like having... Um, a commitment to your practice is important yeah and also like I feel like the sense of commitment but also like the intention of it is really important Mm. as well it's not like you're not you're not constantly making to be selling you know if you have that in your head (laughs) yeah right I mean like if you have that in your head of like I have to I have to create 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 or I mean it's not worth it to make this because 
won't it won't sell, then then that there is like but a you problem can't, with you. But there are these type of artists as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, we cannot. Mm-hmm. I, one thing I like to say, and mm-hmm. I say this in my classes a lot, is like there's no right or wrong um, mm-hmm. in art. I think that you set your own rules um, mm-hmm. and, you know, you work hard, um, it shows. Uh, yeah. You work less, it shows. Mm-hmm. And for every artist, I think um, they have their audience. And I and I believe that in a lot of um, uh, elements or like mm-hmm. supporters within the uh, the art field. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like there's a gallery for every artist. There's a curator for totally. every artist. There's yeah. you know audience for every artist, and and I think it's important for every artist to identify mm-hmm. what they want uh, out of their career or like how they want to pursue their career. Whether they want to be, you know, they want to just make to mm-hmm. sell or they're actually trying to explore and you know um express Mm -hmm. through their work and I don't think that it's an easy question Mm -hmm. to answer I don't think that um the answer is easy to arrive to um I think it takes time it takes a lot of like experience and challenges a lot of times from my perspective or from my experience I had to try things to understand whether they're for me or not and identifying that identifying whether Mm -hmm. it's for you or not for you is the only way you'll know and you know time will tell yeah actually I remember reading something about that once and it really hit I was like, that makes so much sense where it's like we're constantly looking for things that are right for us, but also figuring out what's not right for us is just as important. And it's oh, not no, a absolutely. a waste of time, I, basically. I, I try, you know? I, I've, d- I've dipped my toes yeah. in a lot of areas and I think that um, I, I don't regret it. I don't think mm-hmm. that anything that I have tried or tried to learn or attempted to learn um was mm-hmm. a waste it kind of like always comes back and in, in very interesting forms it just surprises you like hey I'm back you know you learned mm. <laughs> you learned this yeah. a while ago and it's resurfacing yeah somehow. also recently you have been um represented by the Green Arts Gallery here in El Cercal, which is amazing. How has that affected you as an artist, like your mentality and also your thoughts with producing work? (laughs) I was announced, um, I was announced in early March. I think that Mm -hmm. was about a week before we stopped teaching. Um, yeah. The university went into quarantine. Um, and it's a, it's a, I don't know what to make of it yet or what to call it. It's just a challenging or like weird time. But I don't mm-hmm. think that has anything to do with my relationship with the gallery. I think that um, the relationship started um, a while after I moved back from the States and I had already met Yasmin, who's the owner of the gallery uh, okay. in New York at the Armory show. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I remember walking around the armory show and then passing by a gallery and I'm like, oh my God, I love this work. Who is this? <laughs> and I look up and it says Green Art Gallery Dubai. And I, and I was not familiar with them. Um, and I'm like, Dubai? Oh my God, <laughs> who is this? Yeah. Um, and I remember walking in and um, I saw Yasmin and introduced myself and I was she asked me like what am I doing here <laughs> and I told her well I study at RISD and so and so and you know we we had to talk we we got to talk we got to know each other a little bit um and mm-hmm. she told me when you move back please make sure you contact me and you know let's do a studio visit or something which hap- happened like very organically I did yeah. not like uh come back with the intention of like being mm-hmm. represented I was I was holding back on that idea for a while just because um, I think I I did not understand very mm-hmm. much like why I need to be represented or like yeah. what would that add to my career. And I felt like I needed to work on my like on mm-hmm. the body of work that I'm developing before I had to think about that. Of course, having beat 15 and having, you know, an independent studio allowed me to actually welcome curators welcome you know gallerists studio visits and that opened up um a few doors for me um and then I remember one time there was like one of those uh, circle nights and I passed by her gallery and she was there and I'm like do you remember me and she's like yes (laughs) (laughs) um and we scheduled um we talked about scheduling a studio visit and that was like I think about a year and a half um, ago before I got mm. represented, mm. and we so started. It's, been go- it's an ongoing process. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's an. It, it's been. It's that's why I say it's not very foreign to me this idea mm-hmm. of being represented because I've had mm-hmm. this relationship with Yasmin for a while now, and mm. we've done a few, um, quite a few studio visits before we even decided that I'm going to be in a show. Um, but I like one thing that I really like about this relationship. And I think I mentioned this earlier when I said there's a gallery for everyone and it's important Mm -hmm. for you to choose the gallery that really understands your practice, um, aligns. I think align is a very important word. Yeah. Um, this came in a conversation a couple of days ago with friends and, and, and we were talking about how align alignment with, uh, your gallerist uh, is yeah. important or alignment yeah. with your curator is important mm. so you have to be aligned with them um, for them to be able to serve your practice better for you to be able to you know uh, keep up with their pace and so on totally and I've had very very engaging studio visits with um, Yasmin Yani I she would uh, pick on my brain and you know allow Mm -hmm. me to question my my work question my intention and I thought that that was very productive for me especially with my work being um Mm. material um and process driven um Mm -hmm. some would say like this is not viable, you know, this yeah. is not sellable. Yeah. <laughs> Collectors mm-hmm. don't like, you know, messy work or don't like mm-hmm. work that looks unfinished. And mm-hmm. I think that it's important for you to find someone who understand that. And I thought that Yasmin really understood that. And, and, and she cares about the process. She cares about 
um, how the work evolves, how the work develops. I don't think our conversations had been very much about, you know, selling the work or would it sell mm-hmm. or not. And I remember mm-hmm. actually having a conversation with her at some point in the studio where she looked at a sculpture piece that was potentially, it's still potentially because it's still in process. Yeah. Um, it was, it, I kind of like had an idea for it to 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 grow and become an installation. Mm-hmm. And she asked me about why I stopped working on it. And I said, I don't know. It's just, it felt like it's going to be um, a hassle working with it. If it got exhibited, how are we mm. going to move it because of the scale? And like, if someone thought of buying it, it's just, it's just a pain to work with. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember her looking at me and saying, that is not something that you should be worrying about. Amazing. Yeah. That's not your, that's not your problem. Your problem is just making the work. Exactly. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That is really amazing. Um, so moving on from that, you, so you don't have, do you have access to your studio right now or you haven't had it this whole time? I do have access to my studio. However, mm-hmm. I do live with my family and mm-hmm. have kids at home. And it yeah. just like it worries my family when yeah. I leave the house. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. like worried. Where did you go? Who did you contact? And no, totally. I just decided to sense, yeah. yeah, I just decided to stay home and you know for for everyone's um comforting and everyone's sake you know (laughs) and how has this time been for you in terms of um working has it impacted you severely or doesn't really make a difference I think it makes a lot it makes a lot of difference I feel like sometimes I crave um the times where I would be doing nothing but when mm. that time comes, I don't know what to do with myself. And yeah. <laughs> I'd rather be productive and making, you know. Mm-hmm. And so at the beginning of the quarantine, I was shuffling a lot of things like teaching at Zayed. I was also, um, I'm also like um, um, a visiting faculty fellow at the CIF Emerging Artist Fellowship Program. Yes. Um, and I was trying to make work, like produce yeah. my work. And I was shuffling all of those at once, and it seemed like um, that was when I was actually burning the candle. And Mm. I had to stop and remind myself that, you know, my work can wait. No, uh, there was was no deadline, you know, no one was waiting for anything. It was just me um, constantly, like, you know. Um, asking too much of myself (laughs) yeah Yeah. and uh, so yeah I I just had to stop for a moment and remind myself that you know I'll have the whole summer off Mm -hmm. where I Mm -hmm. can have a DIY residency at home (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, Yeah. so I stopped I took it slow um, and I focused on my teaching which um, slowly became more of a of something that I started getting a hold of and mm-hmm. uh, became easier than it had been. Mm-hmm. Um, at the beginning, uh, I learned a lot in that process, I would say. I think it's hard for me to talk about like what we're going through right now yeah. just because it's ongoing. 
Yeah. Um, and it's very difficult to contemplate. It's very diff- difficult totally. to respond because mm-hmm. it's mainly just taking it by the day. And yeah. I think that's what I'm doing is just taking one day at a time, one yeah. hour at a time, you know, just <laughs> <laughs> slowing down as I always yeah. like aspire to do and, and wish to do um, with my work. So I'm, I'm, I'm going actually back to a lot of processes in terms of my mm-hmm. work. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to a lot of uh, techniques and methods of working um, that I have learned when I was younger. I noticed the first thing that came back to me when we uh, started working from home was that I was actually reminded by the time where, like the time in my life where where life or the days were at a similar pace as now. Mm. So it took me back maybe like 15 years ago. Yeah. And I started feeling a similar sort of like energy um, mm. around. And I remembered uh, that um, my mom taught me how to crochet. And okay. um, she used to send me to a lady who would actually... Uh, teach me how to crochet and so Mm -hmm. I just felt this urgency to do it I'm like do I still even remember I forgot that I know how to crochet or I ever learned how to crochet oh my god that's so funny (laughs) so I just went and got all the tools that I needed and I started crocheting I watched like one or two YouTube videos and it just like it just like came back you know flowing out of me and I'm like oh my god muscle memory look at that wow yeah that's Um, so funny yeah and I I got myself a sewing machine which is also another thing that my mother taught me how to do and Mm. started it sewing just random stuff just just making and this is something that I do a lot when Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do or if I'm facing um an anxious moment of time or yeah like being stuck I usually Mm -hmm. try to get my fingers busy with anything like just making and repetition is something that gets me thinking so just repeatedly doing something I have one more question for you how do you Afra um, define living creatively for yourself Hmm. living creatively Mm mm-hmm I mean, I think it's, it's, I don't think, I don't know if there's a definition for that because for me, it feels like this is who I am Mm -hmm. and this is my, I don't know. I mean, it's just who I am. I I wake up thinking about art. I Mm -hmm. sleep thinking about ideas I will make tomorrow. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I'm bored and... Or like feel lonely, I would just turn on some interview or podcast, a documentary, and hear other artists talking. So mm-hmm. I think that that's it's just who I am. It's hard for me to identify it, um, or 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 sort of like identify it as a separate thing from mm-hmm. myself. I cannot detach myself from it. It's just who I am. It comes as a package. It's like me and my life. This is what it is. Mm-hmm surrounds me it is what it is (laughs) 
Any yeah. last words, Afra? Any interesting, uh, any interesting advice that you've given to your students recently that you would like to pass on to us and the listeners? <laughs> Let's see. Well, on the last day, I told them, I know this had been a tough ride and it had been a big challenge that uh, presented itself to us. But, you know, always think of the positive things that come out of um, the negative or come out of the challenge that we're presented with. Mm-hmm. and keep making don't give up and because I felt like the energy was low towards the yeah. end and everyone sort of like felt like okay you know we need to just get over this class and not even think about art again <laughs> yeah so <That's> <laughs> I, yeah I kind of like encourage them to rest take resting very seriously and mm-hmm. really re-energize themselves by maybe doing something completely different than art making or practice and yeah. then come back to it and keep making that's that's my that's my advice keep making yeah that's your slogan yeah. keep on making keep making <laughs> i mean We lose ourselves in times. Um, I was talking to one of my best friends yesterday and she was saying, I think coronavirus or this whole situation is presenting us with a challenge and testing Mm. our patience. Mm -hmm. And I said, honestly, I don't know what I think or feel anymore. I just know that I have to make art. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that has been that has become even more so obvious. Yeah, I just just keep making yeah. all right well, thank you thank you so much Afra. this you. was awesome uh chatting fun. with you was a delight and it was super fun and i hope to get to see you in person Likewise. soon at some inshallah. point yeah inshallah. Inshallah. inshallah thank you everyone all for right. listening good night bye